Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chet. So, big news today for FC Edmonton, and there's been a lot going on with this team. Obviously, they're uh, they're going to be back in a league next year. They're going into the Canadian Premier League, and they have a coach, and he's here. And his name is Jeff Paulus. Jeff, congratulations. How's it going? Yeah, it's going fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. I know, I know you had the uh, the news conference earlier today, and, and you've been making the rounds with uh, some of the interviews and, and appearances, so, so a big day for you. Uh, you're no stranger, obviously, to FC Edmonton and to the Edmonton right. soccer scene. How, how long have you been with the, uh, the FC Edmonton Academy? Uh, since January 2012, so I've been running that a long time. It's been a, a long, long time, time yeah. That. So absolutely. So this is an obvious sort of progression for you to to jump up and coach uh, coach FC Edmonton. Yeah, well, I've been the assistant coach as well since that time, and you know, obviously with Colin Miller for the last five years. So, yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting jump. Looking forward to it. What, what, why do you think? The Canadian Premier League is going to work. I guess, especially in wake of some other Canadian leagues that that right. haven't lasted. Right. You know what? I think um, if you look across the country, participation numbers in our sport are, are still number one of all the organized sports or team sports. Um, I, I think with the excitement of the World Cup coming, with the the success of our women's national team and the support they've had and the sponsorship they've had, I think the time is right. I, really, for me, this is the time. And if it doesn't uh, pan out this time, then we could be in trouble as a country. But I think the, the appetite is there for it. Uh, certainly, there's more recognition for the sport than ever before in our country. So, yeah, now or never. Well, I, I think it's needed because, you know, I just know from talking to not, not just soccer, but other sports in Canada that, let's face it, aren't hockey. A lot right. of the challenge is for Canadian players to just play at a high level. Right. Right. Like I had a uh, Gordon McCrory from the rugby team in and he says we have long gaps between games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to get, especially for 2026, these guys got to be playing. They got to be playing all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's the key. 2026, you said it right there. So these kids now, 12, 13, 14 years old, I mean, that's kind of the age group that when that hits 2026, it's going to be right when they're starting their professional careers. They've had a couple of years in. And the problem we have at the moment is the kids that go off and they play in these other leagues and let's say the American run leagues are, are young Canadian kids don't often get a chance. Alfonso Davies is kind of a, he's the exception to the norm, but mm-hmm. we don't often see playing minutes for our young Canadians. In this right. league, 18 to 22 years old is going to be a lot of players getting a lot of minutes that are Canadians. So this bodes well for the national team. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to, to see that the CPL is off and running. Obviously, uh, FC Edmonton, I know you guys did a bit, a little bit of a logo tweak and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, lo- that looks pretty cool. I really love that the the Rally Rabbit has his own Twitter account too. Yeah, I love that as well, by the <laughs> way. And what was the actual story about that? A rabbit came on the field 
Yeah. And then you guys got, what, two goals in injury time? Or well, we've come back, yeah, changed the game against Montreal Impact. <laughs> That's so amazing. It is, you know, and that, and that Rabbit State has been on every single uniform since that yeah. year. And um, Joanne Fath has been a big part in saving the, the actual logo of the Rally Rabbit that's gone on the uniforms. And she fought for that a couple of years ago. And, and it's nice because it gives our club a bit of a culture. And, and certainly if you look at all the professional teams overseas, they all have a bit of a culture to the club. And um, we have that, you know, and, and Colin Miller certainly came in here and tried to build the culture. And But we always have that Rally Rabbit, you know, to, uh, to lean back on. So a bit of history. Uh, so we were talking about your resume here, assistant coach, technical director with the academy, and you were coaching Nate. Coached Nate uh, for eight years, six as the head coach, uh, two yeah. years with Graham Wood, who's, uh, who was my mentor, actually. So fantastic experience. Yeah, Canada Summer Games recently, this past summer, uh, for Alberta soccer. Um, geez, where else? The provincial program, the Canada Soccer's National Training Centre for six years uh, here in Edmonton, so quite a bit. Where did the coaching path start for you? What was the spark? The spark was... Um, you know what? The spark was probably because I wasn't good enough to play professionally. So, <laughs> um, no, I watched uh, my my. Uh, I've got two younger brothers, uh, James and Matt, and, and James, the middle one, was a very good soccer player for a club called Wexford, and they had a coach, uh, Tom Croft. I still remember him all the way back. And um, I used to go and watch the training sessions. I used to watch his games, and the way that Tom would just interact with the players, and the players loved this guy, and um, they would do anything for him. But the interaction of of what he did to get these group of players to play for him, and they were fantastic players uh, for that age. But but just watch. Watching him interact with players, I thought, you know, it's 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 quite amazing to watch a coach that, that has a relationship like that with with kids, mm-hmm. and uh, so that got me interested. Then I joined the Navy, and uh, we needed a, a base coach. So I was a coach player at 20 years old, and um, and I just got hooked on then. And then the the quick story I'll give is about I did my first coaching license probably around 1994, 95 area, and Stephen Hart was the um, was the one that actually ran the course for us, and he came in as a guest instructor with Mike Hudson, and watching Stephen Hart uh, work with with coaches and doing coach education was it blew me away the amount of knowledge that he had the passion for the game and that just that hooked me right then and there i wanted to be basically the, you know the next Stephen hart maybe how long did you serve in the navy seven years wow where, yeah. where were you uh based in halifax i did a year in a square malt um in victoria for trades training but then halifax and part of a nato fleet for six months so i've, I've seen quite a bit of the world on that wow. side amazing yeah, yeah that's awesome uh, what was uh like athletically were you able to stay involved in I mean, obviously Absolutely. you have to be in good shape to be in the Navy, but could yeah. you play soccer <laughs> well, or coach or whatever? I did, and you actually don't have to be in good shape to be in the Navy because we have we have it made. We've got we get hot meals and we have nice bunks. We're definitely not the army, but um, no, you know what? We had uh, we had a, we had a ship team. Every ship had their own team, and this NATO fleet was was quite phenomenal because you go to a couple of ports and they'd have a NATO Olympics and all the sports were in. So you'd have a Canadian soccer team, and we actually were blessed because we had about seven ex players that played at a decent level, and um, so we were competitive with the German. Ship and the, the English ship and whatnot. Okay. So, yeah, but no, we stayed, you stayed relatively in shape because we, we had a base team and we played all the time. We were playing basketball all the time or whatever, but we, sure. yeah, it was good. What, what's the most like exotic or memorable location you got to visit? Oh, well, you know what? Probably, um, I'll probably have to go with Poland because we were the first NATO fleet to go into Poland when they were trying to get entrance into NATO. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so that was a great experience and they put on this huge banquet for us and we were in Gdynia. And it's quite an amazing place. It was still I mean, some areas were still being rebuilt, of mm-hmm. course, from from you know the devastation they've experienced. But yeah, I, so I, I'd have to say Poland just because we were the first and we were treated so well there. Amazing. Jeff Paulus mm-hmm. joining us on Inside Sports, new coach of FC Edmonton, announced earlier today. You know, coaching is is uh, to me it's such a, a fascinating profession because 
you walk into a, a room with a group of however many men, you know, the basketball, it can be 11 or 12, you know, soccer, what do you dress? Usually 18 for a game. You I dress think. 18, right? 18, you know, football could be 60 guys right. and everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. And if things aren't going well, you got to have the answers or you got to have something that makes them feel better. Right. Uh, like, like for you, how, what's your philosophy on balancing, you know, tactics, motivation, uh, sometimes maybe knowing when to stay out of the way. Right. You know, what's your philosophy there? Uh, you know, I think the biggest one is honesty. Uh, and because you can only ever keep 11 players happy because it's <laughs> right. 11 that are starting. So, and I learned this from Colin as well. And, you know, he was, you know, his, and his man management ability, and he's been doing it for a long time. But I would say honesty. I think if you're honest with players and, and you don't feed them lines and, and you just keep your relationship quite real real with them, um, everyone knows where they stand. And uh, if you can kind of maybe get get past that and, and people have an understanding and they're not being lied to or told stories or told how good they are, but you're not playing them, you know, I think it's just a bit of honesty there. And uh, I, I think the, the leadership building and how you how you are a good leader is um, number one practice what you preach don't ask players don't ask people to do things you wouldn't do yourself you know these are all the little things I've taken probably from the Navy but um, honesty is the biggest one for me yeah, yeah. create that relationship with players and, they, and, and get their trust and, and you trust them are you do you categorize yourself as an attacking coach as a defensive coach or are you I gotta tell you who's on my roster first and then I'll tell you how I'm gonna play attacking coach yeah yeah, so the players that'll be on our roster will have to fit that mold. Okay, um, so honestly. you'll want, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to see our team dominate possession. Uh, I want to see our team press high. I want to be exciting. I want to entertain uh, the fans that come out because we're still we still have to sell the sport in this country at the end of the day. We're not hockey, and you mentioned that, and uh, and we're not, uh, you know, the CFL. Uh, we're, we're soccer. We're football. Well, we're our football right and um so but but there's still there's still you have to sell the game and i think to do that the 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 casual fan has to be entertained when they come out and um and so we plan to do that here we're we're, we're going to be an exciting team we'll be a fast team we're going to try to keep the ball and, and we are going to try to attack all right good to hear uh jeff can you stick around because we're going to talk about the world cup some Absolutely. memorable moments and matches over the last couple of days jeff paulus is in studio he's the new coach of fc edmonton it's inside sports on 630 chad You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Blue Jays uh, leading, or pardon me, Blue Jays trailing the Mets 5-1 in the top of the seventh. Jose Bautista back in Toronto as a member of the Mets. My name is Reed Wilkins. Jeff Paulus is in studio. He's the new head coach of FC Edmonton. He's been telling you a little bit about his uh, journey to that position, some time in the Navy. You've had a, you've had a very well-rounded life that yes. will now get even more stressful that you're the head coach. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, well, welcome to that for welcome to that uh <laughs> here at Edmonton. Okay, I, I got to talk to you about the 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 World Cup. Uh some fascinating games. Japan, Belgium, like incredible. All all-time great. <laughs> France, Argentina, uh, mm-hmm. what France exploded for, uh, I think, yep. three goals in nine or ten Absolutely. minutes. Argentina still then made it interesting. That's right. You know, Portugal gets uh, gets bounced. Um, I don't know where... Well, let's start with today's game. First of all, yeah. just from, a, again, entertainment perspective, England, Colombia. Colombia mm-hmm. ties it late. England's got the whole, you know, ghost of usually not winning. I think they'd won one penalty kick That's game right. before today. They were behind. Pull it out. But I'm watching that, and I'm like, my God. 
Like, how do you... And I'm not saying the English players were innocent mm-hmm. of the yapping, but, like, the ref would make a call, and there's half the Colombian team around him poking away. Like, that that frustrates fans, I think, whether you're a soccer fan or, or you don't watch a lot. Like, what, what can you... What can they do about that at the World Cup level? Like, how does it get to that? Yeah, it, it's frustrating, and it's frustrating for me, you know, as well. And um, and often, you, I mean, I think there's four or five minutes go, goes by before we actually get the penalty, yeah. you know, taken. So, yeah, it's a problem, uh, certainly. And I, I think the easiest way is just to start pulling out cards. You know, the ref says, okay, that's enough. And there's a certain there's a certain amount of moaning that can happen over a 30-second period. Ref says that's enough. And at that point, maybe just cards have to come out. Maybe that's the lesson. I don't know what the real solution is, but certainly... Certainly, if he starts flashing cards to two or three players, that could change things. Yeah, Columbia did get uh, six yellow cards today. Oh, they, yeah, I think England, was, so half the half the team got a yellow. Yeah, uh, England got got two, and I think I think those were for, I don't, well, maybe one guy got one for yapping, but the rest were were for for fouls, I think. But that mm-hmm. that that's frustrating because, and I got to tell you this, Jeff, I've watched a lot of different sports. Now I know we have video review, but in terms of just by a player talking to a ref, I've never seen a ref change his mind. Oh, it never happens. <laughs> so yeah, it never happens. I've never seen it either. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's actually it's uh, and it's, it seems to be getting worse at the moment in this World Cup. When you when you see that every single call is being debated by several players, and you're right, it won't be well with VAR. Some do get overturned now. Yes. However, but um, yeah, but uh, the on-field nonsense is, is you're right. It's not it's not fun to watch. Yeah, it was it was a little much when. Uh, you know the penalty kick is called, mm-hmm. and then the Colombian player, and then the English players are are getting in there, and it's just like let's just let's just see the penalty kick already. This is yeah. this is what we want to see. We don't want to see the yapping, no doubt. But it, it's uh, that that's tough for me to watch, and I still wonder. And I look, I hate to be one of those <laughs> Canadian guys that you know didn't grow up in a traditional soccer nation, whatever, which is most of the world. Fair enough, but I, I still don't understand why there's not a second ref on the pitch. <laughs> you know, for it's 22 guys to manage. Right. There's a lot that can happen. There, mm-hmm. There's the the ball can transition really quick. Like a ref can get behind the ball really quickly, oh, even if he's down. in great shape. I, I mm-hmm. still like. Am I am I being a Canadian? Oh, you're a hockey fan. Shut up. Like, am I being one of those guys, or do I have a point? Maybe they need another ref on the pitch. Yeah, it's honestly not something I've thought about because, again, you just accept you know the way things have always been in the sport, and and, and certainly soccer's been very slow to change. Football's been very slow to change. So, um, is there a case for it? Maybe there could be. I mean, we've got the two the two sideline the alternate officials on the sideline, and they're supposed to help out when they can. So they can call. They you can know, call. The fouls they and see the trips a foul. If they yeah. see something behind the scenes, they can certainly wave a flag, call the ref over, and and so that they can help. Uh, VAR now in the World Cup are seeing that that's helping the mm-hmm. officials. It's helping either validate penalties or overruling some that yep. weren't called or were called. Um, so we are getting help. But yeah, you know, I think it's, it's sports are slow to change. I think the big sports are slow to change. They We've are. seen it in every sport. And, um, you know, yeah, maybe it's time to look at ways to, to speed up the process or, or make things more efficient or make or get better quality officiating. Out so, of so Neymar yesterday... Hmm. Uh, it just rolled your eyes yeah. as soon as they brought up. I mean, he's an incredibly talented. Is he top? Is he top five in the world? Top? Yeah, 10? it has to be. Yeah, he's top for sure. Top ten, but probably top. Pr- five. Probably top five. Yeah. So now he does get fouled. There's no doubt about that. You have, mm-hmm. If you have the ball a lot, you're talented. You're going to get fouled. Of course. Um, he did get stepped on. Uh, I don't right. know if he got stepped on quite to the extent that yeah. his hips should have been thrusting skyward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would, would, would you accept that from a player on your team? No, I wouldn't actually. 
Yeah, because you know it's too bad because we are you're right we're talking about one of the one of the the greatest players on the planet at this moment in time but yet the conversation isn't about his skill it's about his antics and uh, it detracts from the player it detracts from the game you know when people that are that are not necessarily fans of our sport tune in and see a highlight and that's what the highlight is it's not a great goal or you know a great save it's actually something like that well then it just it reinforces people's opinion on our game mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I, I think it's it's for me it's embarrassing and uh, and it's too bad because he's such a talent, but that's no one's talking about his talent. Yeah, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. I I think if you're a skilled player, it uh, goes for hockey too. If you pick, there may be a time where you might have to go down a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not roll around. I mean, uh, you know, Rob Brown, who does the Oilers post game with me, has made the point with McDavid. He draws a lot of penalties, but he's so strong on his skates, sometimes he gets hooked or yeah. something and doesn't go down. Mm-hmm. So the ref thinks, oh, well, he didn't go down, so it couldn't have been that bad. Sometimes right. you wish maybe he should have just dropped to a knee so the, the ref notices a little more. So I, I don't have a problem with some of that gamesmanship, but when you see Neymar take it to that extent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I the Oilers' power play well, hasn't been so great, though. So no, that, it wasn't. That yeah, might not it didn't have matter, them, didn't but, matter yeah, too okay. much this past year. Last is <laughs> yeah. last. So no matter what. Um is there, are there, I'm going to ask this kind of a, a cheeky question to borrow a soccer term, but, but are there, are there nations or areas of the world where the, the, the diving or the uh, histrionics might be more accepted or have gotten more carried away than other parts of the world? Because we would so, like to think, oh, Canadian players wouldn't do that, right? Right, I know. But uh, and, and certainly in England, they would say the same. But you know, a couple of years ago, when this argument happened, one of the one the one that was actually the most guilty of diving in the league was uh, was a Welsh player before oh, really? he went to Real Madrid. I won't embarrass uh, all the Welsh fans <laughs> by saying who it was, but yeah, it was actually uh, an English player, a UK player. So, you know, so it's interesting in some in some places. So uh, in South America, for example. Um, some of that, so if a player is coming in with a challenge on the ground, a slide tackle, and you'll see um, maybe a South American player jump over them and roll, they're actually trained to do that to avoid injury oh, at a okay. young age. So they're actually jumping over a player and doing that. And yeah, there, there's some, there's a bit of a jump in there, and there's, but they're doing it to avoid injury. Instead of being planted on the ground and having a player come through you, they're, they, they learn to jump over that challenge because some of the challenge is a bit more aggressive there. They're always on grass. They're always in, you know, so there's probably a bit more. The, the aggression in a tackle, on a slide tackle, certainly is there. Yep. So some of it's injury prevention. And uh, we see it as diving, but it's really a, a safety mechanism. Okay. Well, so just, I'm I, never, the, I, never, uh, I never would have noticed that. No, and I'm also be I'm taking the uh, the easy way out by saying that. So uh, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> well, because I did watch the, the 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 TSN panel they have after the games. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy watching. And the one gentleman said he felt that Brazilian soccer, the national league, they call a lot more fouls. So Neymar is used to maybe the. Oh, Entitlement man. of everything against me is mm-hmm. is is a foul. Uh, right. Jeff Paulus in studio, new head coach of FC Edmonton. Okay, so eight teams left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned some great games. Is there a team you like the most now that we've seen it? I mean, Russia. I, I thought Spain was going to crush them. Yeah, I know. Oh, possession-wise, they did. Of course, <laughs> uh, absolutely. But yeah. who do you like out of the eight left? I like France. Yeah. Yeah. If any of my friends are listening right now, they're going to be laughing because I always cheer for France. And um, no, I like France. I think they're getting stronger. And um, when I look at right now, I think, uh, I mean, obviously Brazil looks very strong. Uh, Belgium with that, that game against Japan and that comeback, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but you still always wonder about the psyche of the Belgian of the Belgian team because they get to this point in every tournament and seem to seem to fold. So we'll see. Yeah, they're the always quarter. there, but they've never, yeah, always I don't there. even know if they've made a final, have they? Not, no. not that I can recently no. remember. No, they haven't. So, so they're a good final eight, sometimes final four team, and then... 
not yeah, quite. not even Final Four recently, but but quality throughout their lineup. I just I just fancy France. I mean, I'm but that's my heart speaking, and, and maybe no. Is that because well. uh, goal scoring? Like if it comes yeah, down to it that, yeah, it is. I think you know. So I think they've they've proven that they can win a tight game. They they've actually conceded very well up until the Argentina game. They they conceded very few right. in their round robin stage. So uh, their group stage. Um, I just think that from their, their starting 11 it is solid. There, there's not a weakness there. And then I look at their bench players they can bring off the bench, uh, just add to the quality. And, and you're right, their attacking power and their counterattack is lightning quick. They've got players, and, and, and Mbappe certainly we saw yeah. that against Argentina. Some of the finish special. they had against Argentina. Yeah, yeah, so good. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm going to stick with them. All right. Uh, we, we're running out of time here. What's, uh, what's in the immediate future for you now that you're officially the head coach for FCM? <laughs> Yeah. What's so, the next few weeks look like? Well, the next few weeks, I'm going to take uh, five days off and uh, I'm going to go to Kelowna with Mrs. So, absolutely. But then when we get back, I'm taking our academy, the uh, U17s, to the uh, Super Cup of Northern Ireland. And oh, that's wow. to face European competition. It's actually one of the largest youth tournaments in Europe. So, there'll be teams from South America, Central America, all over Europe, and even Africa. So, we've uh, that'll be a fantastic experience and that will challenge the academy kids. And then as soon as I'm back from that, it's really, it's gets work time. It's starting to look for players and, and build a roster and build a, well, first build a coaching staff and then build a roster. We'll have to talk when you're back from, from Ireland. That's yeah. be an incredible trip. Yeah, it'll be fantastic for the kids. Again, congratulations on the new job and thanks Thank for stopping you. in tonight. Thanks for having me. That is Jeff Paulus, new coach of FC Edmonton. We're back after the news with Edmonton's Michelle Plouffe from the Canadian women's basketball team. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Oh, a little Bon Jovi tonight, eh? Kellen County. Absolutely. You can never go wrong with Bon Jovi. Well, unless it's anything off Burning Bridges or whatever that album was that was terrible. That was a bad album. That was a bad album. And they were angry when they made it. They just wanted to get out of their record deal. So they said, fine, we'll record an album. There's your record. I don't know if it ever actually came out on record. Well, it might have. There's a lot of vinyl these days. Uh, you know what? A little, uh, just a quick side note here. You know what uh, album I was listening to uh, lately that I really like? I think it came out in 2015 or 2016. Mm. Uh, good guitar rock, if you like it. So I'll recommend it because we have some uh, fans of the... 80s slash guitar rock genre, a band called Highly Suspect. Okay. Their first album called Mr. Asylum. It's pretty good. Hmm. Pretty All good. Right. It's two or three years old, but whatever. I don't care. If I stumble across it and listen to it and I like it. I've been getting my Gre- my Greta Van Fleet on. I don't know if you heard of them or not, Reed, but they're a very similar sound to Led Zeppelin. And, but they're modern? They're modern, yeah. They're from Detroit. Awesome. Greta awesome Van band, yeah. Fleet. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check it out. Yep. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Eskimos back at practice. I mentioned C.J. Gable, a CFL Player of the Week, had 165 yards rushing and a touchdown. I had to be patient. You know, I knew it was going to come one day, so I had to make sure I was ready for it. The the quality of the runs that you had, I mean, they always say five-yard average. You can, you know, that, that's a good day. You had seven runs of 10 yards or more. You had two that were 20 yards or more. I mean, when you're cracking them off like that, you get get 100 yards plus in nine carries. What does that do for an offense? Uh, it does a lot. It opens up a lot of stuff and uh, makes the defense come up more, and uh, we'll be able to throw the, uh, throw the ball after that. 
I don't get worried. I just get frustrated sometimes with myself because uh, sometimes when that happens, I uh, do too much. But I just, I knew, I told myself this needed this relaxing. It's gonna come. It's gonna come. So don't rush anything. You know, some games gonna be, I probably gonna have like less than that. But uh, I just gotta make sure that I just gotta stay on, stay on my course and uh, make sure I just read my holes right and just be patient back there. And whatever happens, happens. All right, a little bit there from uh, C.J. Gable talking to Dave Campbell more on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. CFL coming up this week. Thursday, Hamilton is at Saskatchewan. Friday, Ottawa at Montreal. Mike Sherman finally got that headset untangled. Montreal won a game. I, was, I, I wasn't joking around when I was wondering if Montreal would win a game. So I'm quickly disproven. I don't think they'll beat Ottawa on Friday, but they beat Saskatchewan. Saturday, Eskimos at the Argos, and then BC plays at Winnipeg uh, also on Saturday as well. Calgary has the bye. Did you see the Mike Sherman video? I have not seen the video. I heard about it, though. Well, it was uh, it was a struggle. <laughs> it was a struggle, and he probably exposed more of his body than he was hoping to. Oh, oh but, dear. Uh, TSN stuck with that shot. I, I got I. Guess I got to give him credit. <laughs> it was now, it was uncomfortable for a lot of a lot of, for a lot of reasons. That wasn't the live mic game they had this past week. The live mic games are terrible. Nah, I agree. The live mic game was uh, who who did Winnipeg play? Oh, it was Winnipeg Hamilton? Yeah, that was on Friday. The right? live mic games no, uh, do nothing for me. Mm. I, I, I look. I thought it was a, a cool idea when they wanted to try it. They should scrap it. First of all. I, I know that football plays have weird-sounding names. You know, Tango, Pineapple, Heavy Right, 657. Cool. Once I hear that once, great. I, I don't need to hear all the funny names. And I am not offended by profanity. I obviously can't use it on this show. I'm not offended by profanity. Um, but there were times in the Winnipeg Hamilton game where I was thinking, okay, they, that can't go to air. They, they can't go to I mean, there was one play. Winnipeg had a play that didn't work, and I, it must have been Strevler said that was a up call. That was a up call. So they can't, and they can't possibly expect the players not to use profanity. I mean, profanity and pro sports go together like robots and Westworld. I mean, they're, they're, you're, you're going to get profanity. Like I, I like when they have a live mic and then they edit it after or they, sh- or they show you five minutes later, here's something interesting that actually happened, right? Where here's something, because somebody's watch, monitoring it as opposed to just having it go on live. It adds absolutely nothing to the game for me. Now, maybe I'm being a grumpy old man. I don't know. But the live mics need to go. I'd rather them take the money that they're using on spending for the live mics and give it back to CFL and say, here, go get a uh, software developer like a Bioware or an EA Sports to do a uh, video game well, for Well, look, the I made a video game. We had them on the show. Yeah, but I'm talking like a, fully, very well. like a fully licensed, you know, CFL. This is presented oh, by all the well, teams. I don't, I don't know if I don't. Video okay, Kellen, I don't think they're spending. I don't think they're spending. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Mics. It's still a better mics. idea than a live mic game. Stage. You know, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm giving you know you what time. I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and plus, the game that came out before was for PCs, and then for I think one of the other consoles. I'd love to see something for both consoles for Xbox and PS4. So, 
Farmer Mike says, start penalizing these divers in soccer. It's ruining the sport. JC says, I think uh, soccer should make a rule where once you go past your own 40-yard line, you can't go back. That's another interesting one. It's some sort of over and back rule in soccer. So you have to keep attacking. You know, you can't escape a potential turnover by kicking the ball all the way back to your goalie. That's an interesting one as well. Here's the thing, though, JC. FIFA doesn't care what we think. <laughs> I'd include myself in that. It'd be kind of like if, if somebody... Now, maybe JC watches soccer all the time. I don't know. I am not a regular soccer viewer. I enjoy watching the World Cup. I enjoy watching Euro. I will usually watch the MLS Cup final. I, I will not watch it uh, anywhere else. I've, I've attended FC Edmonton games, not many. I'll be more interested once they're in this Canadian league. So, you know, for, for me to say, let's change this rule... That would be like uh, someone who lives in Belgium who only watches hockey in the Olympics were to send in a bunch of rule suggestions to Gary Bettman. We'll take a quick timeout. Back with Michelle Plouffe after this break. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Neil Yakupov going to the KHL. Team Brick, 8.50 tonight at West Edmonton Mall, taking on the Toronto Bulldogs as the 29th annual Brick Invitational continues. Team Brick Alberta going 2-0 yesterday to start the tournament. Tim Hunter will coach the Canadian World Junior Tournament at the event this year coming up in Vancouver and Victoria. Matt Nichols removed from the six-game injured list by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hey, two of the best basketball teams in the world are set to meet at the Edmonton Grads International Classic games tomorrow and Friday at 7 and then Saturday afternoon at 3. It's Canada against Turkey and from the Canadian women's basketball team, Edmonton's own Michelle Plouffe. Michelle, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to catch up with you and this is always a fun time a year to talk to you. Obviously, it's the Edmonton Grads International Classic coming up. This has become a fixture on the Edmonton sporting calendar. And this year, it is Canada against Turkey. You're going to play three games starting tomorrow. T- tell us a little bit about this matchup and about the Turkish na- uh, national team. Yeah, um, it'll be a good matchup. Turkey is seventh in the world. We're fifth. Uh, we haven't seen them since 2014 uh, World Championships, but um, yeah, it would be good to play someone other than ourselves. Uh, we, I'm excited to have games at Edmonton. My family's all here, but we're excited to be in Canada again for uh, for a few tune-up games and uh, just some practice games before our big tournament in September. Now, you mentioned it'll be great to play someone other than, than your teammates. What what have, what has the preparation been like for this tournament? Because I'm obviously, obviously as I'm sure fans know, during mo- most of the winter, all you ladies are off playing, you know, club or university ball, and then you kind of get together. So how does it work when you convene and then, and then prepare here throughout the summer? Yeah, well, we have kind of three phases of the summer. Um, so this is the first phase. There's a... Um, a couple of us that came right from right from our club teams overseas, essentially. Um, but we've been here two weeks. We've been practicing, um, and we have you know not all our parts, all our 
um, players from our team last summer, but they'll join us at some point. So it's just kind of a the first training camp just to, you know, assess some new faces and um, give the young players a chance to come out and see what the program is about. And, um, yeah, so we'll have 11, I think we'll have 11 healthy bodies for the games. Um, but we've just been practicing, getting to know each other and trying to get some uh, cohesion on the court this first phase. You mentioned for you, and obviously for your sister, the opportunity to play in Edmonton. Your Edmontonians, uh, Edmonton remains the the home base for the Canadian women's team. And, and I mentioned the the uh, Edmonton Grads Classic and some other international games you've had in Edmonton. I mean, I know we talked when this sort of first happened, and we were hoping that it was it was going to work out for Edmonton. It must be pretty cool for you to see it keep going on and, and keep having not just the the camps here in the practices but the international games keep coming to Edmonton you got to be pretty thrilled with that yeah it's been it's been an unreal just to watch the just the support from uh, the city of Edmonton and basketball Alberta and um, I know Brian Anderson had a big part in getting us here and keeping us here and um, it's just been really cool that we've been able to not only train here but actually you know we hosted a FIBA America tournament and um, we hosted China and Brazil and just to have games here and showcase you know showcase who we are and what our team is about um, to the city has been really cool especially for me because my family's here but I think just giving you know other Edmontonians a chance to just to see our team because I mean I would have loved to see the national team here in Edmonton growing up so it's pretty cool. Oh, right on. And obviously, I mean, you mentioned the rankings. Fifth in the world for Canada. Um, you, you've been a top eight team, really, for quite a while. But, but give us a sense of maybe how, how tight it is between some of the teams. I mean, is it sort of still the United States is, is separated a little bit from the rest of the pack? Or how do you look at sort of that top tier or two on the international scene? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were I think when I started playing, we were... I mean, 12th or, or maybe 10th in the world. Um, we hadn't qualified for Olympics until 2012 was our first one in 12 years. So it's been, it's been really cool to watch just the program grow and the attention um, that we're getting on the world stage. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, America is quite dominant. They have, they have a large pool of athletes to choose from, and um, they play at quite a high level. So, um, but... To get on the podium, I think we were right there. We made um, we made some progress last last Olympics, although it didn't feel like it at the time. We got kicked out of the quarterfinals, but um, I still think that we're you know uh, capable of of getting on the podium. Um, so that's that's definitely our goal. This world championships this summer right on michelle plouffe joining us on inside sports edmontonian member of the canadian women's basketball team taking on turkey in a three-game series the edmonton grads international classic starts tomorrow at the savile center i, I gotta ask you about what, what you're doing uh, professionally because it uh gives you the opportunity to see the, the world a little bit take us through life yeah. in france uh, for the past season here yeah so i went back for my third year in France um, sorry fourth I just finished my fourth year in France um, but I, I love the league it's a uh, super competitive um, and there's quite a few Canadians over there um, so I get to play against you know my Canadian teammates and um, I've had the opportunity to play with um, one of them as well for a couple of years so it's just a great level and you know there are sacrifices I'm away from family for you know eight months out of the year but 
it's something that, you know, I still love to do. I get to travel and get paid to play basketball, and I think that's, you know, a pretty good gig. And, um, yeah, this past year I played, I actually played Catherine, my sister's team, in the championship. So <laughs> my team definitely overachieved by getting there, but uh, we ended up losing in the final, but it was, it was a super fun, it was a super fun year. <laughs> now, was, is it, was that a series or is it a one-game final? Yeah, it was a it was a five game series. So it went to it went to four games, but we ended up losing um, losing the series. Now, do you and Catherine ever wind up guarding each other, or is there like an ever an individual matchup there between the two of you? There's a, we actually don't guard each other quite as much as one might think. She's more of a center, and I'm a forward. But we definitely we do get matched up, and it's always like a little extra competitive when we play each other. So. <laughs> It's fun, though. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the Women's Basketball League in France in terms of maybe the, the crowd support. And and I guess the follow-up to that is, do you, do you think it would be, ever be possible to have a league like that in Canada, or, or are we still a ways away? Um, I've, this past year I had, you know, I had a great club, and there was great support. I mean, the gyms are, are a lot smaller. They hold, like, 2,500. Um, smaller than, than, you know, like... NBA, WNBA gyms, but they hold about 2,500 people to 3,000. I mean, the biggest one maybe holds 4,000, so they're not very big, but um, people, I mean, they love their basketball there, especially when you're in a small town like like I was. There's not much else to watch besides rugby, so um, it's great. It's super loud, the drums, the horns. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty rowdy, pretty rowdy atmosphere, but it makes it it makes it a lot of fun. Um, whether that will transfer to Canada, their system is different. They don't have college sports. There's no like school affiliation um, with sports. So it is all run through the club team. Um, so it's a little bit different system. I do think though that basketball in general is becoming more popular in Canada, especially um, women's basketball. I think that we've we've had a a little bit of an impact um just getting women's basketball out there being on you know the olympic stage two uh two olympics in a row i think that is helping and you know i would love to see a professional league in canada that would give me another reason to stay home uh for the eight months yeah well that, that, that'd be amazing for sure i, I always ask this yeah. when canadian athletes go play in europe what, were, was it a huge lifestyle change? Were there any big differences for you in terms of that? I mean, it's a lot different. One, if you don't speak the language um, of the country you're in. So I didn't, I was not a French speaker when I went over there. Um, so that was difficult to adjust to. Uh, and definitely the other thing is, I mean, when you don't speak the language, if, if you don't speak French in France, you... The first year I had a lot of downtime, um, you know, by myself in my apartment figuring out what to do. Um, just because you are completely independent, you your requirement is that you show up for practice and games and everything else is up to you. So, um, you know, I was prepared coming from a national team experience where we had more responsibility, but I can see how, you know, college athletes might not be ready for that or, or it might be more of a shock to them. Um, because they're, you know, left by themselves to to eat, make appointments, like all this other stuff that comes along with living on your own. 
All right. Well, that sounds like you've had a pretty cool experience for sure. And you're, and you're going back to France, right? You've already signed for next season? Yep, I signed for next season. I'm going to Lyon, which is, uh, we'll be playing in the Euro Cup League as well as the French League. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bigger city. <laughs> good ball. Yeah, good stuff. Well, what, sorry, what, 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 what city or town were you in? I was in Tarp. It was South, super South France, Southwest. Okay, cool. Uh, and look, I got There's a lot going on with you, and you and your sister have, you know, you've you've made the the highest level of basketball you can in the country, and you've done a great job as you should. And you guys are really passionate about helping that next generation and helping younger people learn the game and fall in love with the game as well. Uh, you're doing your your camp, you and Catherine, again this summer. What's going on with that? Yes, we're excited to have our Ploof Hoops camp on again uh, for the fourth year. So we'll be having it August 17th. And we did last summer. We still have our youth, boys, and girls age um, age group. So that's 9 to 13 years old. And then that will be on the Saturday and Sunday, 18th and 19th. And then we have our high school girls group going uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, for three sessions, and we're super excited to have it at Harry Ainley, our high school, so we're looking forward to it. All right, and how can people find out more about that or sign up if they want to? Or is it already full? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great if it's full. We just opened registration last week, so they could go to Alberta Basketball website um, and, and check that out. It'll be in the events on the events page and there'll be a link for registration or they can follow us on Ploof Hoops um, on Instagram and we also have the links on there as well. All right, awesome. Well, Michelle, it's it's always great to talk to you. You, you know, Edmontonians are so proud of you and your sister. Obviously, all the best in the short term here against Turkey and I, we'll talk before then, but all the best at uh, the World Championships in September as well. Thanks so much, Reed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Always great to have Michelle Plouffe on the show. You heard her say it. Harry Ainley grad playing for the Canadian women's basketball team. They're ranked fifth in the world. Turkey is number seven. You can go to the Basketball Alberta website. Just give it a Google to uh, get tickets if you want to check this out. Tomorrow at 7, Friday at 7, Saturday at 3 at the Savile Centre, Canada. Pretty good in women's basketball. She mentioned they didn't go quite as deep as they would have liked at the last Olympics, but that program has come a long way for sure. The Blue Jays have come back to tie it against the Mets. It is now 6-6. That one, two out in the top of the eighth in Toronto, Jose Bautista making his uh, return to Toronto in that game. All right, thanks to everybody who texted in tonight to 630-630. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We are back tomorrow. We'll have, uh, well, we're going to try to get James Franklin on the show this week, actually. Quarterback for the Toronto Argos, former Edmonton Eskimo. We'll have a special guest in studio uh, as well. we got a few of those lined up between now and the end of the week. Thanks a lot to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Kellen, we learned a lot tonight. We learned about Oxypie. And calamari. And ca- Well, we yes. confirmed what we do about calamari. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, I guess uh, octopi only live about four or five years. Oh. But still, so he didn't need to go living. that way. What's that? He didn't need to go that way. No, he didn't need to sell the octopus for food that had correctly predicted Japan's first three World Cup games. Yeah. That didn't need to happen. Thanks to our guests, besides Michelle Plouffe, we had Jeff Paulus, FC Edmonton coach in studio, and Sean Fitzgerald from the Athletic Toronto. 
talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Kyle Brodziak interview was on with Bob Stoffer. You can get that on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Hope you have a great evening. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.